Welcome to Communion House Podcast with Pastor Moses Anderson, a ministry raised by God for the rebirth of the early church, with a strong commitment to seeing others rise and shine as in those days. Get ready for this timely teaching and encouraging word. The devil did not come with mills and booms. He didn't come with headlines from Time magazine. He came with scriptures. When the horseman that was riding to bring division upon the earth, when he came, he came with a sword. Where did the sword come from? It came from the presence of God. The Bible says the four living creatures gave him a sword with which he brought division upon the earth. When the council of Aitofu was turned, it was a lying spirit that departed from the presence of God. That, what is the problem? I'm being distracted by what you're saying. So just tell me one time so I can get it. Okay, I got it. Thank you. So here is the deal. When that was being confused, the lying spirit came from the presence of God. Now let me explain to you the way this thing works. God is not going to come into battle against you with your arms tied behind your back. Because then you will have an excuse. You will say, first of all, you were the one who set the date for the battle. You set the stakes. You brought the audience to come and watch. In fact, you sold the tickets and just set me up here as a punching bag. Oh man, if you're truly God, why are you so afraid of me? Cut my hands loose and see what I can bring. And because God doesn't want anybody coming afterwards and saying, oh, it's because you tied my hands behind the back. So God is saying, well, you want to fight me? The only way you can fight me is if you had the power to fight me. So I'll give it to you. So that at the end of the day, you are without excuse. Satan was tempting Job and Satan was like, oh, you set me up to fail. Because you know what you made in Job. So just asking me to take his belongings is not enough. He said, because Job knows that the blessing came from you and you will do it again. Because after Satan went to tempt Job, Job was like, you know what he said? He says, wow, blessed be God for he gives and he takes away. And so he's just going to do it again. And so Satan was like, you know, he knows you blessed him. And so if I'm only taking the belongings, he knows that you will do it again. And God was like, so tell me, just tell me what you need. And Satan was like, he says, Anybody will say anything, but when you touch their bodies, then it's a different ball game. And God was like, okay, you have my authority. Go do it. Let me say this. We sometimes think that God is afraid of Satan and God is desperately trying to win the war. No, 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 no. What God wants to do was what what David prophesied in Psalms 51. He says that you may be found blameless when you judge and just when you speak. So let me tell you the way the devil is going to be cast into the lake of fire. When the dragon gets cast into the bottomless pit, he's going to be going into the lake of fire like this, excited. Because it's like, man, look, I deserve this. They give me every chance and every opportunity. And I saw the extent of my own powers. Extent of my own ambition. So there's nothing else to do. He's not going to be kicking and screaming and say, oh, just give me one more chance. God's given him all the chance, including power to deceive the entire world, almost. So at the end of the day, God is going to be seen as a righteous judge. And so when 2020 came and we said it was the year of power, I'll be honest with you, I was one of the very first people to think it meant that, oh, the church is going to have power. I, I thought that for a couple of days. And the Holy Spirit said to me, have we ever given the church power? I said, yes, in Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 4, I was quoting all the references and it was like, yeah, that's true, we have, but why did we? And that was where he got me. Every time that the church was empowered, the church was empowered simply because they needed the power. God is not going to give you more than you can handle. If there is no opposition and God gives you the power, the power is going to mess you up. Let me say this, folks. If you are not going anywhere, if your ship is anchored and the Lord brings the wind, it will tear up your boat. But when you're not tethered to anything and you're ready to go and fulfill destiny and the wind comes, it will only empower you and your sail. And that is the reason why God saw that they would need the power. And that was why he gave them the power. And so 2020 being the year of power, the Lord was telling us that we would need the power. Because 2020 came and we saw the devil whip out the deception that he was given. 
And you know, just like any little child that you've just given a toy to, it's like Ariel, whenever we buy a new LOL doll for the next six hours, you don't see her. She's making friends with the LOL doll, telling LOL doll how great her life is and how amazing things can be until she fails to do her chores and how horrible that could be afterwards. You know, so she would catch up the LOL doll and everything that you ask her to do all through that day, she would do very happily. There's this zest and this enthusiasm because of the new toy. And we saw Satan's enthusiasm when he received the power to deceive the nations in 2020 because they did not leave anything untouched. They said, oh, those believers, they always have a meetings and singing and clapping. Okay, no more meetings. Yeah. And when, when believers stayed at home, they were like, wow, they fell for it. Okay. The next thing, no more singing. Okay. And then when they stopped singing, they're like, wow, but they're still smiling. Put the mask on it. And it's like, I can still see their mouth move. Double the mask. And it's like, yeah, keep going, keep going. Let me tell you something. There is no limit to these things. But the way the enemy has got the power to make things go around the world. That is the same way we will receive power to take the gospel around the world. The devil has no new tricks. He's only copying what God has done and whatever they give him the power to do. Jesus says, all power has been given unto me and I give to you. But you see the devil, what we give to him is the power to deceive. And that's why the Bible did not say, be mindful of the power of the enemy. The Bible says, do not be ignorant of the wiles, the devices of the enemy. You have the power, he has the deception. But there's a way that he can deceive you so that you can use your own power against yourself. And that's what the devil does. And I was saying it on Sunday that if the devil cannot kill you because he doesn't have the power or the keys to life and death, Jesus says that was given specifically to those who believe in him. The Bible says for as many as have received him, even for as many as have believed him, even to those who received him. No, I'm saying it backwards. For as many as have received him, even to those who believe on his name, have we given the power. To be called the sons of God. They gave us the power. And then later on, he elaborated on what the power is. He says, I've given you the keys to heaven and earth, to life and death. Whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on the earth is loosed in heaven. But what power did you see that was given to the enemy other than the power to deceive? So what he would do, like I said on Sunday, is he will create an illusion around you to make you say, wow, this thing is killing me. And then by your own words, you start to kill yourself. People will say, you know what, oh, this, this debt is, is sinking me. And that's why you never get out of it. Because if you don't speak life, death will be very present with you. You see what I mean? Because, yeah, because death is simply the absence of life. And if you are connected to heaven, you are essentially a portal of heaven on the earth. And if you don't release that life, death will be present. If you don't release that light, darkness will be present. And so you see the way life is expected by God to be in a balance. So that was our 2020 that we experienced. Power was there. This power was given to the enemy, but still power was given to the saints to say no to the wiles of the enemy. I can tell you there was nobody in here who was dragged out of their homes to deny the name of Jesus. If you know anybody in 2020 in America who got dragged out of their homes to say, Matthew, come outside. Deny Jesus. Nobody. But then I said it. Did somebody turn on the heating? It's really hot in here. So let me just um, indulge me. Let me cool it down a little bit. So that this microphone doesn't melt in my hands. Oh, maybe it's my, it's my passion and enthusiasm. Okay, well, I, I, I buy that. Praise the Lord. So here is the deal, folks. <laughs> 2020... Nobody was dragged out. Let me even tell you the one that is most interesting. I've shared this with some of you. I'm going to just say it again because I know people here that haven't heard this. You know that, was it like two months ago? Pastor Will got a video that was a compilation of pastors um, from, from the UK, mostly from Scotland. And they were just talking about their experiences, how they were no longer allowed to go pray for the sick in the hospital. But they were almost expected to bury the dead. Oh yeah, you can, you can run a funeral. But you cannot go and do pastoral care. You cannot go to the hospital to pray for people. 
In 2020, how many of you tried to go visit someone in the hospital that you care about and was told that you can't go? In fact, we know someone amongst us whose wife, being pregnant, was taken for a scan and he had to be in the, sit- in the wedding area watching TV. And so we were watching that video of this compilation and these pastors were like, but we can't pray for the sick, but you're saying it's okay. And in fact, you almost expect us to bury the dead. And they were like, yeah, but you can't come in here and pray for the sick. And by the way, you can't go to church either unless there's a dead body amongst you that you want to bury. Oh yeah, and there's no singing. But then because when people sing while others are mourning, it consoles them so you can sing around the, around the grave. But not in church. And people are like, oh, well, you know, they're trying to keep us safe and stuff. <laughs> Wait a minute. In 20, Rosemary, help me here. It must have been 2018. No, no, it wasn't even 2018. It was at Willard and Christa's house in 2015. When the Lord took me into that trance as I was speaking. And I read from the book of Acts chapter 4. Afterwards, if you remember, get into verse 26 and the Bible talks about the fact that Herod, Pontius Pilate, the children of Israel and the Gentiles were empowered against the servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we saw the way the empowerment manifested. They said they came together and forbade, which is the past tense of forbid. So y'all don't be thinking that's another Nigerian word that I invented. Okay. They forbade the believers from using the name of Christ. And I kept saying it after I saw that vision. I said they will do it again. For as it was in the beginning, so shall it be in the end. And I know some people stopped talking to me. They stopped liking my post on Instagram. They unfriended me on Facebook because they thought I had completely lost my mind. Because I was saying that the name of Jesus will be forbidden. And they're like, not in the United States. They may do that in some other parts of the world. But in this country, in England, in this. I said, okay. I would say what the Lord has shown to me. Even I did not know exactly how it would be made manifest. They forbade. But I kept saying, as from 2018, I kept saying, folks, I know deep within my soul that we have come once again to Acts chapter 4. Y'all know? Y'all can bear me witness? I would always say, we're in Acts chapter 4. And people will look at Acts chapter 4 and they will look at me. Look at Acts chapter 4, look at me, and look at the door. And they're like, we'll see you again. Maybe never. <laughs> but now, do we not all see that we are in Acts chapter 4? Wherein, once again, the name of the Lord Jesus has been forbidden. And somebody's like, but they haven't. Or what news channel does this man listen to? Let me tell you something. Satan is not going to come out and say so you can no longer call the name Jesus. What's going to happen to the 11 million Mexicans who go by that name? We're not start calling them Mr. X, Mr. Y. We don't even have enough alphabets to refer to those 11 point whatever million Jesuses there are in Mexico. And some of them are here. And so you want to call your plumber to come and help you? You're like, well, his name is Jesus, but the government now says we cannot call Jesus. So I'm just going to say uh, plumber one, plumber two. Your colleague at work or, you, or the bank manager, because the manager of my bank is from Mexico. So I'm going to go to the bank and say, well, I can't call your name anymore. So I'm just going to say, dude, where's my money? <laughs> the devil is not going to do that and say they have forbidden the name Jesus. Because that's not what it means. I have already shared with us here that to pray in the name of Jesus doesn't just mean to say in Jesus' name at the end of your prayer. Because we saw people in Acts of the Apostles who prayed and said in Jesus' name. And the demons looked at him, at them, the sons of Sceva, and they were like, Jesus we know. Paul we know. But who the heck are you? It was not enough for them to just say it. And then I gave the analogy of saying that if I'm servicing my car at Honda, Alan cannot just say, because I know he uses Honda, or I used to. I will go to Honda and say, can I have his car? They're not going to give it to you. Even if you say, in the name of Moses Anderson, give me the Honda. They wouldn't give it to you. But what if I had said to Will, Will, I have already called them, and I told them you're coming, and this is my order, this is my ticket number, get my car. 
if he gets there, he says, I'm here on behalf of Moses Anderson. Will they give it to him? They will. Simply because he has my authority. Not just my, the letters of my name. And so, when people pray in the name of Jesus, it is by having faith in the authority that you have to what? To evoke that name. And so, when the name of Jesus was forbidden, they were threatening the authority of the believer, not just changing the language that they speak. So, when I tell you that the name of Jesus was forbidden in 2020, let me explain exactly what I mean. What does it mean to do something in the name of Jesus? What does the name of Jesus mean to us? I'm going to give you two examples. You can go find out the rest on your own. Example number one, Jesus says, wherever two or three of you shall gather in my name. So when I say you can no longer gather in his name, have I not forbidden the name? The name of Jesus is not just a name that we call in vain. It is what we do with that name and how we live by that name that makes a difference. If we stop gathering in that name, what use is that name? Example number two of one of the things that was forbidden around the world in his name was praying for the sick. The Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They will lay their hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. He didn't say they would text them a word of prayer and say, well, our mask is not N95, ours is N91. So we can't come into the hospital but be healed by text in Jesus' name. So when you forbid us praying in the name of Jesus, have you not taken that name from us? There's a way I can, there are two ways that I can render you carless. I can take you away from your car or I can take your car away from you. So if they don't take the name of Jesus from your mouth, they can take you away from where he put his name. He put his name where? In our gatherings. And where else did he put his name? By the sick. Have you forgotten the prophecy of David? David says, the Lord is by the broken. And so when someone is sick, the name of the Lord is there waiting for someone, a witness, to activate the name. See, let me tell you something about God. The Bible says that God is not slack concerning business as some of you count slackness. And so he says, I'm the healer. And so the moment there's a need for a healing, he's there. Because if he's not there and you get there and you call his name and it's like, oh, oops, there's need for healing. Ah, I'm not working today. God does not do that. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He says, I am the very present help in time of need. So the moment somebody is sick, the Lord is there waiting for somebody to evoke his name. So the places where the Lord has put his name, do you know that every Tuesday night, the name of the Lord is here? In a different way, at a different dimension, as from 630. But then at 6.30, you're debating whether to walk the dog or to come to church. And it's like the most precious name in the world is waiting for you. And so the devil is like, okay, if I took the name from their mouth, they will fight me. But what I'm just going to do is I'm just going to keep them away from where the name is. Because he's put his name in our gatherings. And he's also put his name by the sick. And guess what? They stopped us. We stopped ourselves. That is the reason why 2020 will forever forever remain a gift. The year 2020 was a gift to the body of Christ. To wake us up. To help us recognize. Wait a minute. It is not because there is a signboard on that building. That's why I go there on Sundays. I go there because the name of the Lord is there wherever we gather. And so if the owners of the building, a.k.a. the banks, you know I've been saying it forever. Most of the church buildings that you know are not owned by the churches. They're owned by the banks. I will tell you what majority of those buildings. Oh, someone watching me online is like, oh, we have paid for our church building. Have you? Because the moment you said it, you're 
building is now owing money because you still pay taxes on those buildings. And people don't understand that there are different ordinances that govern public buildings. There are certain things that you just cannot do, even if you've paid for the entire building, that you can do at home. I'm not saying we shouldn't use buildings, but what I am saying is we need to rethink our position in this world. Remember that flood that happened, I think it was in 2017 in Houston, Texas. And many people were dispossessed. Many people became homeless. Many people were troubled. And guess what? Something within them knows that they need to go where the name of the Lord is. For the Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. And so many people went to a very well-known church in Houston. Hoping to seek refuge. And they got there and the doors were locked. And some people called the pastor and the pastor says, I'm sorry. Simply because they may have paid for the building, but they don't own it. But imagine what would happen if those people have had a strong network of believers meeting in homes. The banks and the municipal can lock up those buildings, but they never locked up anybody's house from accepting his brother or sister to come in for refuge. We need to rethink our position in the world. The reason why this is critical is this. I'm going to spell it out to you. We need to wake up now. Because 2021 is a time to build. We have seen the power. Right? Especially the power that was used against us. Which is indicative of the power that is right within us. Let me say that, Jaden. If I, you, you, you like math, right? Well, people who wear glasses have to like math. Otherwise, they need to take it off. But you can't, you can't wear a glass like that and be looking super geeky and not like math. I'm just kidding. So, all you glasses wearing people in the house, there is something in math called variables. Right? So, if I have some money in my pocket and you don't know it, Eli. So, I have some money in my pocket and you don't know what it is. But I want to help you and I give you a clue. And I say the money that is in my pocket is 2x. Right? Do you know how much is in my pocket? You don't know how much is in my pocket. But if I say that the money in my pocket is 2x equal 6. Then you're like, okay, if you multiply 2 by x is 6. What can you, yeah, 3. And you don't even wear glasses? Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Looks can be deceptive. You can look geeky and not be, and you may not know math. So you immediately know because I gave you a clue. The power that is in the believer is a variable. And the way God lets you know is he tells you. He said whatever power you see Satan use, the one inside you is always greater. It says, greater is he that is in you than he that... It did not say, greater is it that is in you. It says, greater is he that is in you. And who is in you? The Holy Spirit. And so the measure of the Holy Spirit that is in you, that you did not realize, Satan was commissioned to tell you how powerful the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. If the world through the media can tell people to believe that the virus... Needs to be fought with everything that they've got. And they believe it to the extent that they would disobey God just to be safe from the virus. Then that tells you that the power of the Holy Spirit in you is even more convincing. And still, you're not preaching the gospel. Still, you're not telling people to rise up and walk. Still, you're not telling people that you know what? Jehovah is Rapha, the Lord that heals us. Still, we're not reminding people that Jesus says, don't be afraid of the one that can kill the body. He says, be afraid of the one that can destroy both the body and the soul in hell. So if you tell me to sanitize my hand before going into the restaurant, I will because the Bible did not say don't eat. But if you tell me that because of the fear of anything, virus or man, that I should not meet with my brothers and sisters, I will say no thank you simply because fear has levels 
There's a fear of things that is sometimes allowed in the name of caution. But if that caution puts me in direct contravention of the word of God, I would lose that caution very quickly. Jesus says if your hand causes you to sin, you're better off cutting it off. He said if your legs cause you to sin, chop it off. Even if it's your eyes, pluck it out. He says it's better for you to enter into heaven lame than for you to go to hell whole. Because the logic is this. The moment you get to heaven, you become whole. God is just looking for children that will trust him. So when Jesus says you would, it's better for you to enter heaven lame. He didn't say you will be lame for all eternity. It is just entry. So you're better off entering heaven this way. And the moment you step into heaven, especially me, I'll be like 6'2". I can start telling you a couple of things that I would, when you see me in heaven, you may not recognize me because I have a list that I've sent ahead of me to the plastic surgeons in heaven that for all eternity, I don't want to be 5'10". No way. I don't know about you, but I don't. I'm happy to be 5'10 today in this world because there's something called orthotics and there's something called Reebok shoes. By the time you add the extra three inches, I stand like I'm really tall. But the moment I take off my shoes, you'll be looking for me in this room. You'll be like, did Zacchaeus come back from the dead? Or Zacchaeus. Remember Zacchaeus, the short guy that had to climb up a tree? Oh, yeah. But let me tell you something. I would rather give up all those things because Jesus says, whatsoever you give up for the kingdom's sake in heaven, you will have everything and more. Let me and my wife be a testimony unto you. When we left Nigeria, we went to England. We, we left separately. We met in England. And then, you know, after a while, we made friends. And then we left again and went to Canada. And then we left again and we came here. But let me tell you something. Everywhere that we have gone, those friends that we left behind, the family, the brothers and sisters, we get many more. You can't ask me to go back to where I was now because I'm like, no, they're not enough for me because I'm, I'm spoiled now. I have more brothers here than my mom gave birth to. I have more sisters here than my parents had. And my parents, there's just mother and father, but look at me here. I've got many parents. I've got many elders. I've got many people for the kingdom's sake that the Lord has given to me. But many of us don't want to leave our father's houses and our kindred. We don't want to leave our places of comfort because of what we are going to be leaving behind. And Jesus he says, no, 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 forget about what you're leaving behind. Look at what you're going onto. Many people, and I'm going to start to wrap up on this note. Many people are too afraid of losing the world as we've known it. Where we can go to the movies. Where we can go to the lounges. Or the world as we know it. Wherein the government sends you a check every now and again. So you can just continue to be lazy. Many of us don't want to lose the world as we know it. But how many of us are looking forward to the world as it should be? This is not it. But the Bible says when God created everything, he said, behold, it's good. And then after a while, it was like, oh, no. What have we done? Like, let me tell you something. This is not it. No matter how anybody has put, a, put an icing on the world system as it is, it is not it. Unless you're lying to yourself or you're very deceived, which I hope you're not. This is not heaven right here. You see what I mean? Can you imagine in 2021, we still have the flu and we're made in the image and in the likeness of God? Isn't that a shame? That we still have the flu. This is 2021 and we can't even predict the weather, right? And we were made in the image and the likeness of the one who made it. And people are blaming God for evil in the world. People say things like, oh, if there's a good God in heaven, how come children die? There's a good God in heaven and he made you in his image and in his likeness so that you can do something about it. But laziness through the system of the world has entered into our bones. We're looking for somebody else to blame. And when you can't find anybody else to blame because the fault is really you, then you blame the invisible God because you can't see him. And quite often because you don't hear him, you don't think he talks to you. You're like, I can just blame it on God. He's not going to say anything. He doesn't say anything after all. The other day I was doing things I shouldn't do and he didn't say anything. So if I'm failing at life, I just blame it on God because he's not going to say anything. We've been doing that 
But that's, that's about to change. Remember Ananias and Sapphira. You can tell they've been lying a long time. Just imagine if that was the first time that they were lying, the wife would have said something. Most men in this place, the first time you suggested that thing, did your wife not challenge you? Most of the things that we get to do, our wives don't allow us to do it the first time. They're like, oh, I want to buy this new car. My wife is like, why? So typically, it takes me about 18 months to convince my wife to buy a new car. No, no, I'm, I'm not kidding you. I'm being very serious. Because she's always like, but well, that one is still working. And I'm like, yeah, but now this and that. And she's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so the fact that Ananias and Sapphira came up with the plot and immediately they high-fived one another, you would know that they've been doing it a long time. The Bible says two cannot walk together unless they be agreed. And how many people have accidentally agreed with their spouses here? Agreement does not happen accidentally. You work on it. And so both of them were in agreement because they have practiced agreement before that time. But that one time, can I just take a minute to tell you exactly what happened? Because it's about to happen again. Acts chapter 2. Okay, let's begin from Acts chapter, Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28, Jesus was resurrected. And when he was raised from the dead, the soldiers of the high priest colluded with the high priest to share the money that was there in the temple. So that they can keep resurrection a secret. And the way they kept it a secret was to invent a lie in the place of the truth. And the Bible says that trend continued to this day. So in 2020, the year of power, the Lord said to me, resurrection Sunday of last year. Just about a year ago this week, the Lord said to me, he said, watch what's going to happen in the world. People are about to take money to suppress the truth. And that is the reason why we made more millionaires in the world in 2020 than we've ever made on record. We had people become billionaires to degrees that had never happened before. Everything happened within about eight months. Somebody went from $31 billion to almost $200 billion. Another one went from only one point something billion dollars to about $40 billion. All of that money, where did it come from? It came from suppressing the truth about what is really going on in the world. So much money was spent in the media. I, tell you, I told you on Sunday, about $500 million was spent just in Dodger alone for the, for, the, for the Senate. You wonder why there are so many new cars on the road today and why the house prices of houses have gone up so exorbitantly. It's because people now have money from creating nothing but fabricating a lie. Follow the money, folks. I tell you, at the minimum, follow the money until you know how to follow the spirit. It's, easy to, it's very easy to follow the money. But many of us don't even follow. If you can't follow the unrighteous mammon, the Bible says if you are not faithful, Jesus himself speaking, he said if you are not faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you the true riches of the kingdom? You don't know how to follow the money and you think you will know what the spirit is doing? Many of us forget that nobody just gives you a billion dollars. Talk less of somebody just going from only less than $40 billion to $200 billion. Where did that money come from? Number one, it was printed. But number two, it was given to him for a reason. So what is that reason? If you can find that reason other than the ones that the Lord has given to me, I will also print money and give you. Let me... Oh, no, no, if I'm printing money, right? No, no, no. But I'm saying if they find it because I know they will never find it. See, because in reality, because the Bible says that the testimony of God is true. And so I know that, look, here is the deal. People took money to suppress the truth. Acts chapter 1 came and Jesus said to them, they have taken the power of money to make your lives difficult. Because the disciples could no longer go out. They were in a lockdown. In case you didn't remember. After those guys took the money and started to spread their own testimony of, or falsehood of what happened, the apostles could not go out. They were in hiding because people wanted to kill them. People were like, these are the people troubling the city. Oh, these are the elements, the bad elements of the society. They, they stole the body of their master so that they can continue to deceive us. Oh, where are they? So they went into hiding. And so when Jesus was going up, he says, just stay where you're at. Until you have received power. And that is the reason why I am not going to go out with placards 
protesting whatever the system is doing because the weapons of my warfare, they're not carnal but mighty through God. When God hardened the heart of Pharaoh, what do you think would have happened if Aaron and Moses and the rest of them took placards and said, set us free, set us free. They would still have been in Egypt today. But they relied on the power of God to set them free. The fact that some people did some things in the natural to have resolve doesn't mean you should stay in the flesh. They were led by God to do what they did. You're just trying to build a tabernacle around their own experience. What is God telling you to do in your own time? So that's the reason why I'm not going to join them because that's not what the Lord is telling me. He's telling us what he told them in Acts chapter 1. He says, wait until you have received power from an eye. Acts chapter 2 came and the Bible says when the day of Pentecost was fully come and they were together in one place and in one accord, the conditions were met. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit came and the sound of his arrival was as that of a rushing mighty wind. And for a brief moment, they became celebrities. Just like the church was a celebrity in the first two, in fact, up until 300 A.D., the witnesses, wherever they went to, people were happy to receive them. But guess what? After, after that time, the name of Jesus was forbidden. Acts chapter 3, what happened? They prayed for a man by the gate called Beautiful. They were no longer afraid. They were no longer hiding. They prayed for the man on their way into the temple, the same place where they had driven them out. The same place where they are taking money to suppress the truth. Many of us believers have found ourselves over time so accepted in the world that we don't want to give up access to the temple. There are so many pastors today who are not telling the truth because some celebrities go to their church and they don't want to hurt their feelings. So many people that we elected because we believed in them. They were pastors in the local community and they looked after people and we elect them into office thinking that they will continue to do the will of God and as soon as they get there and they sp splash money on them and take them to some secret meetings, they begin to promote the agenda of Satan. The ones who took money were the soldiers of the temple and the one who gave them money was the high priest. Let's never forget the people who betrayed us. So when we see their generation again manifesting in 2021, don't be deceived by the length of their garment. Don't be deceived by the passion of their speeches. The Bible calls them eloquence of men's wisdom. It is void of the power. And Acts chapter 4 came and the name of Jesus was prevented from being used. Basically, no gathering, no praying for the sick. Do you know how ridiculous it is to say that you can't pray for the sick but you can bury the dead? Do you know what Satan is trying to do? Satan is trying to get us believers to proclaim that we are dead. Because according to Jesus, it is the dead that should bury the dead. Jesus says, let the dead bury the dead. You follow me. And so if I agree to not go and pray for the sick in the hospital, but then I'm okay with burying them. What I am saying is this. I am wearing a big t-shirt that has an inscription across it that says, I am dead. Watch me. I bury the dead. And the devil would have succeeded in killing many because he would say to God, I didn't even touch them. <laughs> I didn't. I just sold the t-shirt. They bought it and now they're dead. Because the power of life and death are in the tongue. So when you agree with Satan that it's okay for you to bury the dead, do you know that in the Old Testament, God already warned us against these days that we're in. He told Moses and Aaron, he says, tell the Levites they are mine and they should not go near the dead. Read the Old Testament. It occurred multiple times. They were not even allowed to touch the dead body because it was not their business. Jesus says, why seek ye? I mean, the angel says, why seek ye the living among the dead? So now, in closing, where, where did we get to? We've gone Matthew 28, Acts chapter 1, chapter 2, 3, 4, and verse 5 came. The beauty of verse 5 was that it came after verse 4. Oh, sorry, chapter 5. It came after chapter 4. At the beginning of chapter 4, they forbade the name of Jesus from being used. And they were kicked out of the temple. They were no longer celebrities. The world expelled them. They said, oh, you people are full of yourselves. You people don't believe what we're saying is true. You want to continue to have meetings and sit close to one another. If somebody attacked us on Instagram, he says, how dare you have meetings where you're laying hands on people? Don't you know? Haven't you heard of COVID? 
And my response was, hey, haven't you heard of Jesus, the name that you're trying to forbid? As long as I live, I will have meetings like this. And I will lay hands on the sick. And I will hug people because the Bible says multiple times through the New Testament that when you gather, greet one another with a holy kiss. Not a French kiss. I'll be watching you after service. A holy kiss was their expression for bodily contact. So when you, when you meet each other, don't just wave each other from a distance. Have bodily contact. Fist bump. Shake hands. Hug people. Celebrate the fact that you are still here in flesh and blood. You see? Come on, that's how we do it. Praise the Lord. You see what I mean? Because that was the way the early church did it. And what's interesting was, and I taught this about four weeks ago, no, six weeks ago, thereabouts, I taught here that the antidote to deception was coming together like this. The Bible says in Acts, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, that they will be deceived, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And that is the reason why you, in verse 25, must not forsake the gathering together of yourselves. The Bible is such a textbook, a true textbook. Of how things work in heaven. Here on earth. So if the Bible is saying in verse 24. That people will be deceived. But you do not forsake the gathering together. What does it mean? He's telling you this is the only way you will not be deceived. Because if you stay at home. Watching the TV. Or by yourself watching the light. The enemy has isolated you. And what happens is when the wolf isolates the sheep. Then it feasts. Don't forget your sheep. is wolf. Your safety is in the pack, right close to the good shepherd. Because the good shepherd is going to strike the, the, the wolf on your behalf. But then if you stay on your own, isolated, same because, oh, I don't like the way Ashley looks at me, so I'm not going to go to church today. Now let me ask you, do you now like the way Satan is looking at you? Because let me tell you something, this is the way Satan is looking at you. Mm. <laughs> I'm about to feast. You see what I mean? But we cannot be in isolation. And that's why when they kicked them out of the temples and places where they had been distracted, what happened? The Bible says that Peter called the meeting. I was like, man, we need to go back to the place where we're welcome. Someone's house. Can we come to your house? The Bible says they went to somebody's house. And Peter, by the Holy Spirit, he prayed. He says, God, where is your name once again? And the Lord revealed to him where his name is at. And then he saw that picture. And that was where I was like, do it again, Lord. He says, now, Lord, reach out your hand and heal the sick. And we shall be but your witnesses. And the Bible says in verse 30, that once again, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as a rushing mighty wind. They experienced that infilling of the power of the Holy Spirit a second time. So can I just take 30 seconds to digress and tell you something? Do you know that a couple of months ago before the virus, before the vaccine was ready, the Lord showed to me that there will be three of them and that the first two will fail and the third one will come and beware? I said it. And I'm glad that I said it before it was in the news. There are people here that I told. So you can't say that after I heard of the doses, that's when I made up my own story. No, you can buy the tape. <laughs> we don't have tape, so you can watch it free. It's on YouTube. You can go watch it free. Let me tell you something. Why would the enemy even operate like that? Or why would people operate like that? Because that's the way God operated. They had the Holy Spirit the first time when Jesus laid hands on them. And still, they couldn't do much. The second time in Acts chapter 2, they started to do a little bit more. But until the third dose of the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 4 verse 30, the power was not as tangible as God intended it. You know what happened? After that third dose of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 4, I love the way chapter 5 started. Chapter 5 started with the test of the power. So Ananias and Sapphira came and they lied to Peter. But they didn't know that at that time, the power of the Holy Spirit in Peter had risen from here to here. So they were standing in front of a man. Unknown to them, they were standing in front of the full manifestation of the Holy Spirit. They didn't know. And that was why when they lied to Peter, Peter was like, what have you done? It is no longer me. It is the Holy Spirit. He didn't say you lied to me. How dare you? This is what we do at church. Because we're not that filled with the Holy Spirit. When somebody does something to you, you're like, how dare you do that to me? 
But Peter was like, no, it's no longer I. But now I am now full of the Holy Spirit. So he said to them, you have lied to the Holy Spirit. And that is the reason why you need to stop getting offended at people. When people do things to you that are not nice, it is a reminder to you that you're not yet as full of the Holy Spirit as you should be. Because the moment Peter was full of the Holy Spirit from the third dose, what happened to Peter? He told them, he says, you did not lie to me because I'm, even, I'm not here anymore. I have given up all of myself so that the Holy Spirit can occupy this vessel. He said, you have lied to the Holy Spirit. And the moment she said that, he said that, Ananias, he died. He died. Now, do you see the reason why God has not given us the fullness of the power? Because of the fact that we don't love each other enough? If the Holy Spirit power was given to us in 2019, when all this craziness was yet to be revealed, do you know how many people would have died in the church? Think about it for a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know it's, it's almost funny, but it's not funny at the same time. Now, 2020 came and it was a separator. It was a, it was a sword that came to divide the people, power from the power. The power of deception from the power of faith. We saw the separation come in 2020. Imagine if the power of the Holy Spirit came before the power. Or before 2020, before the separation. Many people in the church would have died because there were many people lying in the church. But God is like, okay, I'll, I'll show them exactly where they're at. So after the news broke of COVID and fear was your response. At least now, by God, you know where you're at. You know that you're not even ready for the power. You first of all need that word. And what did God tell us? January 11th when the Lord told me to announce to the people that in a few short months, churches will no longer meet and the virus, a disease will be in the news. And the hearts of men will fail them for fear. What was, the, what was the antidote? The Lord said to me, he said, now tell the people, get the word into you. So you see the way it works. Jesus came before the Holy Spirit. The word became flesh before the Holy Spirit. Many of us, first of all, need to get the word of God into us to dwell richly within us. And then when the word dwells richly within you, then what begins to happen? You begin to be like Christ. And when you begin to be like Christ, you now receive the supernatural willingness to lay your life for others. Jesus says, until you're ready to lay your life down for others, your love is not great. You're just a little babe. He says, greater love has no man than this, than for a man to lay down his life for his friend. Because the moment you know that you are able to lay down your life for your friend, God will give you the power. Because up until then, you will use the power to your own advantage. If God had given us the power in 2019, a lot of what we would want to do is organize a healing service and ask CNN to come so that they can just show how amazing the man of God is. Thank you. That's what people would have done. I jokingly said one day, if the power had been given to us in 2019, I probably would just go to the Bank, bank of America and walk through the wall, pack some money, and bring some of it to church and take some of the rest to Macy's. But God will not do that until we're ready. See, when we're ready to appropriate the power for what it was intended for, the power would come. They had had their taste of celebrity. They have healed the sick and done all of that. And saw that it was all futile without a transformation in the hearts of men. So when the power came, they were no longer concerned about the outward appearances. They wanted to see the renewal of the inward man of the heart. But the long story short, after that moment in Acts chapter 5, the Bible says the wife came and confirmed the light of the husband. And she dropped down and died also because she also came and lied to the Holy Spirit. What did the Bible say after that? Do you remember what the Bible said after that? The Bible says, afterwards, in those days, nobody troubled them again. Let me tell you something. When the, when the power comes, no one is going to say, oh, you can't meet. No, they will come and meet with you. You understand what I mean? All the same people who said, oh, you can no longer use the name of Jesus. After Acts chapter 5, they were nowhere to be found. They scrammed. At least for a time. So why am I saying all of this today, folks? Let us choose to follow the example of the ones who came before us. Who resisted being silenced. 
Rather than complaining and contesting and protesting, they went to the Holy Spirit after they had obeyed the last instruction. And the last instruction was to wait for the power. These are revival awaiting meetings. We're not awaiting for suddenly to start healing the sick and raising the dead. No, we're waiting first of all to receive the Holy Spirit. Because only He can bring us together in one accord. So in final conclusion and submission to you today, I have a question to ask you. It's from Matthew chapter 17. Ma Matthew 17, 11. Matthew 17, 11. Jesus said to them in Matthew 17, 11. He said to them, Indeed, Elijah is coming first and will restore all things. Elijah is coming first and will restore all things. He says, but I say to you in verse 12 that Elijah has come already. You see, I preached this message a couple of weeks ago telling us that Elijah must come first before the Lord Jesus is seen. You know, the Bible says that when the Lord Jesus comes, we will all see him. Everyone will behold his appearing in the skies. Let me say this, just to make sure that you appreciate or you can relate with the question that I'm about to ask. Jesus said, for this reason, the Son of Man was made manifest, that he may destroy the works of Satan. But before he said that, he had also said that I have come to seek and save the lost. He said, I have come to rescue the lost sheep of Israel. In another place, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And so people got confused. You've said all of these things that this is the reason why you came. That is the reason why you came. But now you're saying for this one reason, you are made manifest. And they're like, help us. Which one exactly is it? I have told us before, there's a difference between arrival and appearing. I can arrive into this house and be in the garage and be in the garage. Until I open that door to the kitchen, I have not appeared. But I have arrived. So Jesus told them, he said, I have arrived and on my arrival, I'm going to heal the sick and raise the dead. I will preach the gospel to the nation of Israel. But the moment that you see me appear, then you know that I am destroying the works of Satan. Many of us still see the works of Satan. And that is the reason why you question, is the Lord really with us? The Lord is with you. What he is doing first is he is building you. And once you are built up, then you get to appear with him. And see the destruction of the works of Satan. And that is the reason why he said it here that Elijah must come first. So my question to you is, are you ready to be the forerunner of the Lord Jesus? Because Elijah has come first and he said to them in verse 12, he says, Elijah has already come and if he have the heart to receive it, he is John the Baptist. And what did John the Baptist do? John the Baptist did not allow himself to be silenced. Even from the wilderness, he preached. From the muddy waters of Jordan, he baptized. And when the political officials of his day and the government tried to silence him, he did not hold his peace. He continued to bear witness to the kingdom, saying, behold, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. If you and I don't rise up today to begin to declare that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, we delay the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord is here already. I know that by revelation. I know that by prophecy. That the Lord Jesus is here. On Sunday, he showed me a vision of him grooming the sheep. He didn't do it by remote control, sitting in heaven and pressing the remote control for the ticks to leave the fur or the fleece of the sheep. No, he did it by hand. He said to me toward the end of last year, he said, I am coming. 2021 is a time to build. And he's not going to build by remote control. He built by his hands. The Bible says that we are a city whose maker and builder is God himself. So the Lord Jesus is here.
This is important for us to know, folks. I know you're wondering, okay, if he's here or not, what does that matter? Eventually, we're all going to see him. By the time he appears, it will be too late. That is just judgment. Remember that Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he says, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night upon the children of disobedience. He said, but for you, it will not be because you already know. So what was he talking about? That we already know. We already know that he is here. What is the sign of John the Baptist? When they said John the Baptist was going to be, was going to be born. Okay. The father was even dumb. He was made dumb. So he couldn't even say much. But the real sign that we saw was that as Mary was pregnant with Jesus and showed up and John the Baptist was still in the womb, he responded to the Savior. He announced that the Lord is here. Are you announcing that the Lord is here? How do you announce that the Lord is here? By letting him take care of you. Let him prune you. Let him groom you. And more importantly, ladies and gentlemen, I dare to say to you today, let him quench your thirst. He showed to me today that he has come with a pitcher of water. But many of us are still looking down to see if help will come from around. And if you don't lift up your eyes, you're not going to get any replenishing. If you have not yet divorced yourself from depending on the world, make haste today. Do it quickly. Do not delay. You can no longer trust anybody to feed you. You can no longer trust any government to, to, to keep you healthy. The Lord is your all in all. We need to change our thinking. We need to start to depend only on what the word of God says. If the word of God says it, I believe it. I stand by it. We're not just naming and claiming. What are we doing? We are doing all that is written therein. Let us begin to go to the word of God first. What is God saying before what is man saying? That is the way you demonstrate that you know that he's already here. If he's here and he's talking to me, I should not pretend like I can't hear him because if I'm only responding to what's in the news, then I disregard his presence. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to be John the Baptist. You need to be Elijah. You need to be that witness of his presence. And when you witness of his presence, you will shine with him at his appearing. Because when Jesus appears, can I tell you the way the Bible describes it? The Bible says that everyone will behold him when he appears. But the Bible also says that as he's coming to appear, there will be thousands of his saints behind him. Some of us will see him from behind because we are in his entourage. And some will see him from the ground because they are beholding judgment. It's written all over the Bible what I'm telling you. You can't make these things up. Even Jesus said it. He said it. Some will see me from behind because they are with me. But others will see me because I am judgment. How did he say it? In John chapter 3, he says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. And the serpent in the wilderness was a brazen serpent. And brass stands for judgment. So then it's already too late for the children of disobedience. So you don't want to be one of those people beholding Jesus from ground up. By then, it's too late. You want to have known of his arrival so that you're not like the foolish virgins. You're like the wise ones who have done. The Bible says that when the, when the groom came, he took them to a secret place. You need to be behind him. So let me ask you a question. Because all of this long exposition will be nothing if you don't know what it truly means to know that he's already here. Do you know what to do about this piece of, piece of information? The first time the Lord brought this piece of information to me was in 1998, 98, 99. And at first I didn't know what to do with it. Until one day I shut the door behind me and he said to me very clearly, he said, I've been waiting for you and you didn't come. I was at school laughing with my friends and cracking jokes that were not even funny. I thought they were laughing with me, but eventually I realized they were laughing at me because my jokes were daddy jokes. Very geeky jokes. You don't even want to hear them. But then I was there thinking I was having a good time, but the Lord was waiting for me at home. But then after a while, I started to feel day after day that someone was waiting for me at home. And one day I decided that, okay, I'm, I wasn't going to hesitate, but I still did. Eventually when I got there, I said, I've been waiting for you and you did not come. Let me tell you something, what you need to do with this piece of information. 
is this. If you truly believe that the Lord is here, ready to build his church that you are, what are you still doing in front of the television when he is waiting for you in the closet? What are you still doing driving up and down the streets just looking for which stores are open and which ones are shut when he is waiting for you at home? If you truly know that the Lord is here building his church by hand, grooming the sheep by hand, where should you be? At his feet, doing the only thing that is needful. There's too much distraction in the world, ladies and gentlemen. You need to find time to spend with this guest in your house, the Lord Jesus. I leave you with that today, folks. Thank you for tuning in, and we pray this podcast has blessed you today. For more information about this church, check out www.communion.house. That's www.communion.house. Or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Communion House. Hungry for more life-giving content? Head over to Communion House on YouTube for a full catalogue, live and on demand. We're honoured to have your audience. Wherever you're tuning in from, thank you and God bless you today.